Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 136 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is Colby Kaiser. Um, Colby, two titles, owner of Chalk Barbell. He's got a shirt on today, and I actually do have my shirt on. We'll put it on for the, the picture, folks. But uh, Nick, who works with me, she's like, make sure you bring your, your shirt. And I packed it. I just didn't put it on all day. But um, owner of Chalk Barbell, Colby Kaiser. And then he's also sales manager at Taylor Rental and Party Plus. So, Colby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And for anybody that does not know who you are, can you give us kind of like the elevator pitch of like how you got to be 2021 Colby Kaiser? Um, I've been through a little bit of a rough patch. Um, uh, I graduated from uh, Saranac in uh, 2012 with Heath Andre, uh, co-owner or uh, previous so owner of Chalk Barbell. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Kindergarten buddies, classmates. Oh, all the way through. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. I went to school for business, uh, SUNY Plattsburgh. I graduated in 2017 with a triple major in uh, business administration, marketing, and supply chain management. Um, I found myself um, doing an internship at Taylor Rental in my senior year, and um, I loved the job, and I fell into a sales spot, uh, aside from my degree, but I, I, do, like, uh, I do like sales. Um, and actually, I was working alongside Heath. Heath was my sales manager for a couple of years. And then you took his job? Yep, and then I took Heath's job. <laughs> So, oh. um, so supply chain management at yep. Plattsburgh, that was my major too. Did, did you do anything? I mean, obviously you did, you stay at Taylor Rental, so you're still part of like a supply chain? Yeah, so inventory is a huge part of our job actually. Um, what was your, I guess from the supply chain, because I'm going back about a decade now, what, uh, like, what was that like? like Why did you get in that business or the, like career? You said marketing was the other one? Yeah, marketing and then just general business administration. So what gravitated you towards... What gravitated you towards global supply chain management? Um, actually, hearing previous uh, alumni speak on it, and um, uh, it got my interest in it, and I fell into business administration as one of those general gen eds, yeah, because yeah. um, it's super broad, and um, it was a couple more classes. Uh, I think an extra year, five or six more classes, the triple major in marketing and supply chain management. Now, is that what you wanted to do when you got like growing up or did you kind of just fall into it or did you go to college like I'm going to be business? Uh, no, I definitely fell into it. <laughs> okay. So what, what was like, so you grew up, um, you said Saranac local? Yep. Or, or somewhere in, in that district? Yep. Um, so in school and stuff, when you went, like that was, I'm going to go from high school to college and business. That was like the path or no? Uh, no, not at all, actually. <laughs> okay, so how did that all work? Like what, Like when you got your start, like when you got into it, like, what you, like me, I, I graduated, was going like teaching or business and then like went undecided, called an audible like midway through, went business and then basically like bagged it about midway through college, had my real estate license and basically been doing the same thing since. So what was your like pathway there? Um, I guess it was business related. It was um, entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, definitely wanted to work for myself and own something. Okay. Um, I didn't picture, you know, taking over a business or anything. It was the opportunity just kind of fell in my lap. 
the opportunity of Chalk Barbell? Yes. So for people that don't know, what is Chalk Barbell? Uh, Chalk Barbell is a fitness apparel company. Um, you know, they make fitness for everything, shirts, pants. We just got into leggings. We're trying to venture out a little bit. Heath started it and um, branded it very well and made a good name for himself. Um, when we took it over, every, everybody, you know, knew what, what the line was. Um, proof of the PR is the slogan. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely aimed at gym goers. Um, but we're trying to venture out a little bit, you know, get uh, we've introduced some hats, leggings. Um, I've tried to make the the Instagram page maybe a little more motivational than anything. Um, not just a fitness apparel company, but um, hey, you know, you can do anything um, kind of thing. So I asked when, I, when, so Heath came on, he's been on a couple of times. When he first came on, God, probably almost two years ago now, um, I think I was kind of like just starting or kind of maybe in its infancy when he was, you know, a couple months in. And he said the reason he did it, I believe back then, was he kind of wanted to have like a, a place for like-minded individuals to rally behind, kind of have a brand behind, you know, the idea of you go to the gym, you know, obviously chalk, PR, like work hard, you know, see results, kind of like putting all the effort into you know, come away with an accomplishment kind of deal. So, um, I, when you guys bought into it, what was the, what was the purpose? Like, why did you guys want to be part of it? Heath obviously was selling. Why were you like you and your brother, the ones that stepped up and said, we're in, uh, I mean, I would say I was maybe one of the best supporters of the brand. Um, I had maybe every color before I even bought it. Um, I didn't want to, I, I, I don't think Heath would have let it. Um, his trash business definitely took over and, um, I didn't want to let it die. And neither did he. Um, so I definitely am picking up on that. Um, you know, get everybody behind us. And um, the like-minded individual thing. Um, like I said, I'm trying to make it a little bit more motivational now. Um, well, maybe. So what was, like, what, like Chalk Barbell, what's it mean to you? Like when you, when you, you stand behind the brand, every company you have a brand, but there's a meaning behind the brand. So like for you guys... You know, it's not, it's not just a, you know, a, a handprint and chalk. I mean, it's obviously more, it stands for more than that. So like, why, what's like the, the motivated factor, most motivation of owning the company, of spreading the, like the name, the brand, the colors, the look, the logo? Um, definitely personally for me, it's, it's that I can show everybody that anybody can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't typically see, you know, disabled people in the gym every morning. I hate to bring that into the business and I don't revolve the business around that in any way. Um, but I do make it known that you can do anything. I'm, I mean, you can find me in the gym every morning. Um, one thing he told me back in the day when he was coming up with some shirt ideas was leave it all on the bar. So that, uh, that stuck with me. So for, for like for you, so, and I, and we can, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about, um, kind of, I guess your road into, you know, as an adaptive athlete, but, um, like the gym every morning, you're like everybody else going to the gym. Like what's the motivating factor every morning? Like when do you go to the gym? Are you one of the early birds? Yeah, I go at five thirty. Okay. So like, what's the motivation to like drag your ass out of bed every day to go work out? And is it seven days a week? Uh, I go like five to six days a week. Okay. I mean, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to force myself to take a day off. <laughs> so you, you, that's like your home. You love doing it. So my morning starts with the gym and if it didn't, it wouldn't be a good day. Uh, it's I'm to the point where you get to a point where it comes in addiction. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go and like I said, I got to force myself to take a day off. So, so. it's kind of like you're like caffeine, you're like shot of adrenaline. Exactly. So, uh, but like we said, what's the motivating factor behind getting out? Is it to make yourself better? Is it just like one of those things like now you've just ingrained it? It's just part of your being. It's like, I have to do this or else 
again, I, noticeably bad mood, noticeably, you know, not just don't feel myself. It's definitely now I feel like something I have to do. Um, especially on my road, uh, it's going to, you know, prolong me in the, in the long run to keep my upper body fit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people ask me every day why I don't just drive around in an electric chair and it's because I want to keep my upper body strong. So <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> well, you must be like, I mean, pushing a wheelchair has got to be tough. It, it gets tough. Yeah. I mean, just over and over again. Like, it's not like, I mean, most people don't use their arms every single day in certain aspects. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're even like double, like double jacked, double strength, right? <laughs> Good forearms or whatever you got to use. But, um, so when you guys, you guys just hit your almost one year, I mean, just over one year, right? Yep. March 12th. And I was doing the math and then I didn't realize the notes I had on you, but you basically bought it right before COVID. So how, how was that entering into a business basically as everything was shutting down? That Especially the gyms. Yeah, that was extremely tough. Um, definitely not uh, foreseen. But we did the transition to kind of a home workout thing. Mm -hmm. um, we tried to make it look like, you know, no matter what gyms closed, we were still working out every day and we were still going to push the brand. Um, like I said before, it's not something that I'll, I'll let die. It's something that will keep going regardless of what happens. So, How, um, I, I guess from like a brand perspective, like what's the – or at least let's go back to the COVID. So the gym shut down, you go into it, like you try doing the stuff at home. Is it tough to push a brand when your main function of going to the gym and being around people and like hanging out there, does that take away from the ability to reach out to people? Or was it just kind of, you know, you, you dove into it, brand new business, because now you're seeing the other side of a business, not just the shirts, but all the, you know, we'll get into that, the, the, the joys of running a small business. But yeah. um how was just like the transition point or did you like it? Like, Hey, kind of nice. It's a little quiet. We get to kind of learn and, you know, uh, ease into this and not really just dive in feet first and be like, you know, drowning from day one. Um, I mean, I definitely had the, had the attitude to dive in feet first. Okay. <laughs> um, it couldn't happen that way, but, um, yeah, it was definitely hard. It, it's, um, I don't want to say strictly word of mouth cause the Instagram is a big thing, but, um, and he did a good job creating the website that we keep, we kept on. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that, we want to show people and we don't want to, we don't want to be the, a face behind a screen. We want to show up with the merchandise and, and display it. Now, do you guys travel at all and do like setups at any, you know, whether it be bodybuilding shows, whether it be competitions for different, you know, I know like, uh, whether it be like, you know, CrossFit or functional fitness or bodybuilding or, um, or like I said, you do like uh, the figure competitions. Do you go to any of those events and set up shop and try to promote stuff there? Um, or is it we mostly through, word of mouth and social uh we haven't yet it's through word of mouth and social i'm just i'm actually working on something this week to maybe um do a, a little bit of a partnership with planet fitness so okay uh, get our name out there a little more and the national planet fitness uh or local plattsburgh branch yeah okay yeah. um is that where you normally work out yeah that's where i go um is it busy at 5 30 there uh surprisingly it was like 10 to 15 people so really okay yeah. i mean i so I, f I find like my past life, I used to go to the gym a lot and I was a 5.30 person for a little bit of time until COVID hit. And then basically my world just like, not in a bad way, but just things shake up and it's just like tough to, I, I got three young kids too. So it's a little chaotic, like trying to find the time, but it's, uh, it will happen again. The, so from a branding perspective, what's your focus on branding? Like what's your strategy on like how to brand the, to brand chalk barbell? Um, our strategy right now behind branding is definitely Instagram. Um, like I said, me and my girlfriend Kaylee are working on the big thing in branding right now is new merchandise. 
Um, so we did create a, not a not a different logo, but a new logo a little while ago that people seem to like, and we're going to start putting that out a little bit. Um, and different new merchandise. When's the last time you guys had a line of merchandise? New merchandise. Uh, we just had leggings come out a couple weeks ago. What's the process of picking out merchandise? Um, very, very difficult. <laughs> like, what's the, yeah, how's that, like... I know the I know apparel can be a tough industry. Like, you know, there's a lot of upfront costs too because you're 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 you know buying the product ahead of time and having to sell. So, kind of, how's that all work? Like, what's start to finish? How do you like the leggings? Let's talk about that process. Like, how did you how did you build the legging brand out? I guess or or that merchandise out as part of the brand. Um, we do you know trials is a big thing. Um, luckily we're set up with a good supplier who'll give us some trial shirts and then. Um, my girlfriend Kaylee is. Um, it, it's nice because she sees the female side of things. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's a lot harder when you're a male trying to see what females do. Um, so she came up with the leggings actually, and um, we just try them out with different logos and different people. Because um, I think, like, what's the hardest part about an apparel brand? Knowing what's going to sell. <laughs> yeah, is it? I mean, is that? Because I would think if I was. If I was buying or trying to come up with apparel, obviously you have the look, the style, the functionality of it. Like you said, if females, like I can, obviously I'm a dude, like I know what looks good on females, but if they're like, hey, listen, we're at the gym and working out and it doesn't really feel comfortable, same thing with a guy. If you got a shirt that's just like sticking to you and it's like, this shirt sucks. Yeah. I, I will say no because I, this, I'm, I have the same shirt I believe you do, which is like your original t-shirt. It, it's great. I mean, it's a nice t-shirt. So, I mean, it's, there's, there's a level of like, the comfort aspect, there's a level of functionality, there's a level of look, but then it's also like pricing and then it's margin and it's like all the stuff that comes in the business. I mean, like when you, when you finally decide on a product, like what factors do you factor into it? Like what's your major factors and what's some other factors? Um, major factors is um, like letting people try and what they're going to like. Like you just mentioned, there's a bunch of different um, styles. I have people that like the shirts we have on, mm -hmm. and I have people that like plain Hanes t-shirts. So I guess differentiating the products is, is big, and we've been trying to advertise that you can do anything with the brand. I mean, if you let me know you want a crazy color on the rainbow, we can make it happen. If you want, uh, we got three or four different logo options right now. Um, so just getting different colors and different uh, logo ideas out there is... Do you... And you guys have tank tops. You have crop tops, tank tops. Um, yep. And and leggings are the first like lower half body thing. You don't have shorts or anything like that. Yet, no, right? just leggings. Yeah. Um, when it comes to branding, when you said you have different logos and different colors, do you find that that's an advantage or a disadvantage? Or what's your thought on that? Meaning having variety versus a couple items. Um, it's an advantage in the fact that people like different logos. It's a disadvantage in the fact that um, it it's a little bit of a longer process, um, so we got to order in some stuff, and then we kind of it's it's kind of all special order, so it's per customer. What logo do you want? What do you you know? How do you want it to look? So what's the other logo? Yeah, the, the one you're wearing now, which is the one I'm I'm familiar with, which is chalk chalk barbell kind of looks like it's written in chalk, and then you got a handprint. Yeah, the, and then there's a, just a handprint with a CB inside of it. Okay. Oh yes. Um, okay, I've seen that one. Yeah. We just came out with. We haven't really done a full release on it yet, but it's a. Uh, it says chalk barbell with a bent barbell, in between the. Uh, so that doors. would probably be the biggest 
differential from what you currently have because the CB in the hand is almost just like a smaller version of the main logo. Yeah. So it's not too much. It doesn't deviate too much. Yep. Okay. Because the reason I was like, so we have one we we have shirts that we hand out and stuff, and like we have one design. It's a green shirt and it's got our logo on it. And I've had plenty of people say, "We'll get you know different styles or different colors," or and I'm like. My thing is if I can get one shirt out there consistently, then everybody knows that's the shirt that's from our, our company. Where if I had like a blue shirt and a red shirt and a pink shirt that I'm like, at least for our brand, it's like, well, the color of ours is green. And if I deviate from our main logo, logo, and uh, then I start, you know, and then you start deviating to like different K's and different shamrock ideas, then it kind of takes away from the brand. So I was wondering when you talk about brand, but the, it, it's mostly the handprint. Yeah, it all falls under the chalk bar with the handprint. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it, you really don't yep. deviate too much. Because I was thinking, like, there's, like, completely different looks. And then, like, do people get confused if they see, like, is that the same chalk barbell as the handprint? You know what I mean? Cause yeah. Because it sometimes, because I always think of, uh, take, like, take, like, Nike or Apple. Those are always, like, two brands I automatically think of. Like, Apple has a very small selection of products. You know, and Nike has a lot of selection of products, but their logos are pretty much the same. And they've had a couple of rebranding. Remember the old like Nike block when it's like the Nike yeah. block letters from back in the day, and then then the swoosh, and then uh, you know then they got rid of Nike, then just do it, and they've kind of gotten some variations, but they've always kept the the, the swoosh. Um, a good. Have you ever read Shoe Dog? I haven't. No. The, or listen, I, I listen to audiobook. I cheated, but um, it's about Phil Knight, the owner of uh, Nike. Yeah, it's a great book because it talks about apparel and him trying to like work his way up to Nike, and he started out like selling Japanese running shoes out of the back of his car in like the seventies. And like how it got to be the Nike we know today. It's a really fascinating story. I'll definitely have to check it out. Especially from a brand standpoint. Yeah, it's called Shoe Dog. It's really good. Um, so from a marketing standpoint, um, do you guys really try to go after, call ambassadors, you know, Instagram influencers? Do you guys focus on that a lot? Actually, that's what I've been moving more toward, yeah. So what's the process like? What's your process with that? Um, we follow a lot of them on Instagram already. Um, so the process, the hardest process is reaching out and getting them to wear the apparel. So um, do you just DM a lot of people? Um, yeah. Yeah. Or person to person contact. That's what I find helps better. Do you try to keep most of, do you want me to call them ambassadors? Is that what, cause I know a lot of people have like brand ambassadors. Yeah. That's, that's what it'd be. Yeah. So do you try to focus more on just local, the local crowd, or do you venture out and say, hey, this person's in Vermont, this person's in you know, maybe Philly or something? Um, close by, yeah, Vermont's probably the farthest we've been. So, so still mostly local. Pretty localized? Yeah. Um, are most people receptive to it? Um, yeah. Yep. Um, the biggest advantage, I guess, is getting a brand ambassador and getting them a discount code. And... Or finding somebody who's, um, like we've had really good luck with personal trainers. Mm-hmm. So we're a brand ambassador for them. They're a brand ambassador for us, and we work hand in hand. So what kind of people do you look for for brand amb- brand ambassadors? Um, definitely, you know, fitness-related. Um, I'll throw, you know, Sierra Gagno. Sierra yep, Gagno Sierra, fitness yep. out there. Mm-hmm. She's been great. Evolve. Evolve, Evolve she fitness. Yep. yep. She's been great um, wearing our product, representing our product, and we've had a great relationship so far. It's 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 new. So, mm-hmm. um, like, this whole brand ambassador idea is actually new to me, too. Um, but it, it's... So do you go after people with a certain amount of followers, certain amount of, you know, maybe the way they just promote themselves online? I would say promote themselves, yeah. We don't look as 
I mean, followers is important, obviously, but the way they promote themselves is definitely more important. We want to find that person that's motivated and in the gym every day. And well, someone that's almost like a like a loudspeaker for you. You know what I mean? You don't want someone to like to wear your brand and all of a sudden just like they wear it in the corner and never talk about it, and they're just like. Well, you look great in it, and you're a good athlete, but you just you don't tell anybody about the brand because the whole idea of the brand is like you really want you know people to see it either through them talking about it or wearing it or saying, "Hey, they look really strong or really fit or really good," and they're wearing, oh, and they like that shirt. And then you just kind of like you gravitate. Exactly, you want what people have. You know, yep. it's kind of like you fit the fit in crowd. So, um, so where you work out, Planet Fitness, how many people you think rock a chalk barbell apparel in a week? Um, it's hard for me cause it's the same crowd every single morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so between those 15 people I see in the morning, you see four to five in a shock barrel, shock barrel once a week. Nice. Um, and how many people right now do you think have a t-shirt locally? Um, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously not from just us. There was with pr- Heath prior before, business but- with Heath. Yeah. Um, like I'll see a lot of people that I didn't know about it, have it. So I would say there's a lot of people around. Hundreds of people easily. So what's your, what's your, I guess, what's your strategy with branding with that? I mean, do you guys do a lot with like getting people to send stuff in? Do you do a lot of like promos? Do you do a lot of like raffles and, um, do you do anything to try to get people involved with the brand or try to build it up at all? Yeah. Instagram stories has been great. You know, throw, I throw one up and then my girlfriend Kaylee throws one up and feedback is definitely the biggest part of it. Um, like, hey, we got this new product. Is this going to work for you? You know, what? And even, you know, as blatantly as what do you guys want to see next? Mm-hmm. So um, that's helped a lot. Do you guys um, do you guys give stuff out to certain people? Do you guys have like a, a group or a, um, a small group of people that you say, hey, you guys are the first ones. Try it out. Let us know if you like it. Kind I do. Of our, our litmus group here. Yes, I definitely do. And do you get good feedback, honest feedback from them? Yeah. Um. So what, when it comes down to uh, running like an e-commerce site, like that's where you do most of the business, right? It's through e-commerce? Yep. How, how's running that? Um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, Heath had the website already set up and it was set up pretty well. Um, but uh, having somewhat of a business and marketing background helped a lot. Um, I definitely have to go through the website and update it more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I'm not going to lie, and everybody knows that's done it. It's hard having a full-time job and doing something on the side. Yeah. Um, so I definitely need to spend more time on it. But it, it's um, it's pretty straightforward. It all depends, obviously, who does the site and how it's done. But um, How about like fulfilling orders and getting orders and tracking orders? Is that pretty easy? I mean, do you guys find that you get a lot of orders, or is this something that you want to increase the order amount, obviously, You know, if you're selling something? Yeah, definitely increase the order amount. It's very hard right now with... And it's, you know, even affecting small businesses with the back orders and stuff like that. Um, it's hard when you got a shirt before in three to five days to tell people it's two weeks. Are you um, finding that like order fulfillment even from your suppliers is down? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's not, you know, our customers are great about it. It's not like people are complaining or anything. It's just definitely more difficult. Um, it's, it seems to be clumps of orders at once and not, it's not extremely consistent, but who, what's your top seller right now? As far as merchandise? Yeah. Um, definitely the men's original tee. The one you're wearing? Yeah. Black, white? Like, what, what's your top color? Um, actually, the mint's been a really hot seller. Mint? Like mint green? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
That's that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think that is? Ah, uh, fluorescent. <laughs> <laughs> Noticeable. Yeah. I, I no, that's that's cool. I mean, um, so, um, when it comes down to pricing, like when you start going with like, hey, the margins and everything else, like, have you guys kind of looked at that? Is that something that you focus a lot of time on, or is it just kind of like, you know, maybe not money driven at the start, or more kind of brand driven at the start to kind of raise awareness, or like, how do how do you go about? finding out the price or that sweet spot that works um it's definitely not price driven um it's it's all revolving around the brand right now we're using discount codes and um we've kept the same pricing heath had before um so it's definitely not uh definitely not a money hungry business or or anything like that um we are lucky because it's not you know all the price increases everybody's seeing everywhere i see it at tail rental every day is not affecting us Mm -hmm. so it's not like we got to take our shirts weekly and jack them up a dollar or two so that's been great it's been super consistent and never had anybody complain about pricing so um so how does it work with uh, like your supplier like the person that i don't want to sound like a drug deal but like your 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 uh your guy or whatever that so the person that supplies all the merchandise how does how do you go about dealing with them how do you go about dealing with um you know the uh the printing on the shirts like what's oh, that process like it's actually been fantastic because Heath before we took it over set us up with a supplier that um can do special orders um one shirt and it doesn't have to be 10 shirts or anything like that um it may take a little longer and um but we've never had printing issues or or logo issues or anything like that and it's it's fairly quick for what we're seeing do you guys print locally or is this something that you print right from the supplier oh it's it's local local printing yep um how much, how much inventory do you carry at one, at one point in time? Like right now, if I was to go like in your garage or wherever you keep all your stuff, like how much, how much do you have right now in stock? Uh, there's probably like 20 items, 20 items, uh, 20 items or 20 total items, 20 total items. Okay. So you don't carry too much inventory. At no, once. no. So a lot of this can be custom ordered. Like, yes. Like I want the, I want the mint green, mint green, large mint green. Like, okay. I got like two of them in stock, but maybe it's a double XL mint green. Like, okay, we got to give us two weeks. Yes. Okay. And people are okay with that. They're yeah, okay. Yeah, they've been great. Um, now, the branding proof of the PR was that something Heath started? Yes. And you obviously carried on with that, but like, tell the meaning behind that. Why is that? Why is that the logo? Or the, um, not the logo, the motto. I mean, it speaks for itself. You want to go in there and do everything you can every day. You can um, proof of the PR just breaks down to what you know. What are you able to do, and how far can you push yourself? Um. Now, how has it been? You say your brother works with you or bought it with you, or is kind of you said he's more like a little more hands off right now? Yes, yes, a little more hands off. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how is it like kind of running something with your brother? But it sounds like it's probably you and Kaylee, his girlfriend, you said. Yeah, so it's probably she, she's almost running, she's doing quite a bit with it too. Yes, yeah, she gives me a lot of ideas. Like I said, she handles most of the female portions of it. There's yeah. things that I would have never thought of probably or, a better a better eye to stuff too yes. yeah a little bit of better design eye yep. that's what i always find i have a lot of i bounce my ideas off a lot of females like does this look good because i'm colorblind for one thing so that's always a always something that i have difficulty with the other day someone asked about a sweatshirt and i said yeah this is the gray one like oh i thought it looked green i'm like no no it's gray and then i like walked out i was like is this gray or green I'm like no it's green I'm like my bad and i text her i'm like listen i'm colorblind i could have swore it was gray but I, like i said most days i feel like i get dressed in the dark so um so, 
do you, and again, when I say um, plans to grow the brand, do you have any plans to go above and beyond where you're at now, like in regards to reach, in regards to, you know, sales? Um, I mean, we're always trying to reach new, you know, new markets and new customers. Um, it's not something I'm trying to, you know, build overnight. It's, it's like I said, it's been pretty consistent and constant. Um, I think, you know, with everything opening back up a little bit more, it's going to build by itself, hopefully. Um, but we are, like you mentioned before, you know, we, uh, we do have the ideas of going to bodybuilding shows and setting up with vendors and, um, we have a, a couple things in the works right now. So it's like that relationship building aspect. Yes. Cause you got to, you started a company at the very beginning and I would still deem this in the early infancy of the company. You know, you're only a couple years in, it's still like your grind phase. It's like, you really got to, you know, gain the traction, gain the awareness, gain the, gain the followers, gain the ambassadors. And, and like I said, it's, it's, um, it's fun. It's like a chess match or it's like a, you know, it's like, a, I always find like, I, I still think about this in business. It's like, Every day you're just trying to get a little bit better and get like a small victory here and there. And and it doesn't feel like victories, but then like, you know what I mean? You just, it's like, uh, what the, take it, it's, take, it's like a PR. Okay. Take it like going to like going to work out. Like you hit rep after rep after rep every single day. And after you've been doing it for a long time, the PRs don't happen as quickly. Like you go a year without hitting a PR. You yes. go a couple years without hitting like finally, like, man, I finally PR that thing after two years where I've just been stalled. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot of analogy with working out and same thing with just like life or business, um, especially business, because I think a lot of the struggles that small business owners face is the same, you know, the same stuff you probably face in the gym, like a little bit of scared, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of frustration. And then, then, oh, I got a PR and it feels good. You get, you get a victory, you get a win, you tally it up, you're like, let's go, you know? Yes. Great and analogy. And it always, it's like you compared it to the gym. It always, you know, feels like I'm not doing enough, putting enough in, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not posting enough and yeah, it's definitely a struggle. Um, how often do you guys post on social? I, I honestly try and post once every couple of days. Okay. Um, you know, an actual post and then stories a little bit more frequent than that. Um, do you get a lot of, um, what's the word? Do you get a lot of people sending you guys stuff like messages? Like here's, here's a, here's a selfie with me in my shirt. Here's someone shooting. Cause obviously like the gym crowd, a lot of them take videos, a lot of take pictures, a lot of them take selfies. Like, do you get a lot of that stuff where you just like grab it? Boom, boom, boom. Um, I actually would say I have a handful of people that usually send them. Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to revolve the page around the same few people, but I, there's not, um, there's not, uh, you know, there's not like a ton of people that reach out with new photos or anything like that. Do you guys try to push that at all? We do, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was, I've always when I get someone a shirt, I'm like, dude, put your shirt on, man. Take a photo. With yeah. It. Like, give me, give me the picture. I'll put it on. So I always encourage because it looks good, you know, when people are are wearing it. And the best one is when, like, you know, like in the wild when you just see someone like wearing it, like you don't tell them to wear it. All of a sudden, down, walking down the street and they're wearing your shirt. Like, yes, that's yeah. it. Like, it feels good too when someone's wearing it. Cause like, I, I started that. You know Definitely. what I mean? That's I don't know. I always find that that's kind of a, a fun thing to see. Um, now, small business, like what's some of the stuff that people don't see? Meaning they see the brand, they see everything, but small business, like say when Heath took it over and you said, oh, God, here's my buddy, started this company, rocking the shirt, people wearing a shirt, looks cool. Then you buy it. Like what was the difference between like what you knew the brand before to after you bought it? Like what are you doing now that you didn't have to do before? Uh, I mean, you don't see the behind the scenes of, you know, 
you do your own labels, you do your own shipping, mm-hmm. you package everything and you know, you drop it off at the mail place, you do everything. Um, I mean, it was easy when he had it and I just bought a shirt and he showed up with it, but yeah. Yeah. Was, well, and I think that's, that's the thing with, uh, you know, small, a lot of small business. I don't think people really realize how much goes into it behind the scenes and like hours and time. And it's just like, dude, like mornings, early mornings, late nights, like not a lot of sleep, you know, a lot of coffee or whatever, or pre-workout, whatever you, whatever you take for your jolt there. But, um, I always find it's like the people that are running small businesses, it's hard, man. Like it's, it's just a lot to it. I mean, it takes a special person to run a business. Yeah. And when you keep it small, you know, you're, you're your own social media manager. You don't Mm -hmm. have somebody else posting for you and, you have to create your own content and, um, you know, sometimes there's days where I feel like I'm repeating myself online, but, um, well, it's, it's kind of that consistent message. You know, I think if you, cause I think everybody like it, take like your work or whatever, you know, take, you know, the company, a lot of the same things, a lot of the same themes repeat every day, every week, every month, every year. And it's like, I think a lot of the people successful, they just keep, harping on the same stuff over and over again. They've just been doing it for years. So it's like, oh, okay, like there is a thing to consistency. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be the shiny new object every, you know, every month or something with flavor of the week kind of deal. It's like, I always found like, you know, any success I've had is always just the small steps over and over and over and over again. It's just like that relentless consistency. I agree. And then, um, you know, like you said, you keep doing the same thing. And a couple of weeks ago, we had, you know, 10 orders within a week. So there are times where it just blows up. Why do you think you had that? Like, what what was the reason that, like, all of a sudden you had 10 orders that just came in? Do you guys, like, is it something that you can track? Is it something that you're working towards tracking or? Yeah, yeah, it's something we track. The website lets us track everything. And um, and we do actually, you know, I keep coming back to Instagram, but that's been, um, it's been huge because we do, even today, a couple more people follow the page. Um Local people or out of area? Well, out of area. Okay. Because I, I look at... Now, what, what gets you more excited? When a local person follows the page or someone from out of the area? Um, Probably out of the area. Okay. Because most of the... You know, I'm friends on my personal pages with most of the local people around, so they already have an idea of what's going on. Because um, I... Do you guys use... I know this is kind of like, again, kind of going in the weeds on stuff, but do you guys do a lot with hashtags? Um, Again, I feel like I, I try to create new ones and I'm kind of just using the same ones over and over again. And well, so I know like, like real estate one one, and this is, I've gone back and forth on this. So when I, I have to post more too. I used to post three times a day. Like I was like, I had like everything I have like stock folder. I still have stuff, but then I've kind of like life's a little bit busier. So I have to kind of like triage and put what's more important at the time. So I was posting three times a day and I used to put a lot of hashtags because the idea is that you use them to grow, you use them to find people, you use them to kind of, that becomes a, a generator for followers and connections and everything. And then I started just canceling every single one out and it, you smell weed. <laughs> <laughs> I have my window open and I don't know, just, this is the first time I smell weed coming in. It's not neither of us, but it's, it's. I think it's coming from outside. The one, the one time I have a window open for a podcast, our air conditioning doesn't work here. So instead of uh, saying, "Hey, uh, Colby, you want to come do a podcast and just sweat you out of here?" I got at least at least a little breeze coming off the off the lake. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like smelling something weird. But sorry, that was I just like sniffing. I'm like, what? But um, I forgot where I was going before the weed hit me. The uh, no, so um, 
Oh, so so the hashtag thing. So I started doing a bunch of hashtags, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with local matters. So I use the term local matters a lot for hashtags, and one is it hurt maybe my ability to grow um, externally out, or I guess non-local. Probably, I'm sure I could get people all over the country following. I mean, I'm saying like um, you know relative, but it could could I have a few more hundred followers because of that? Maybe, but I find that if I use local matters, and that's the only thing I use. Majority of the people that follow my account are people when I click on them and they have like 35 people following them that I know. I'm like, okay, that's a good person that I want for at least my business because the good thing about e-commerce, you can sell anywhere in the world. Geographically, like I can only sell in New York State and I'm only going to go about as far as I can drive in a day. Tops. Like not even that. I mean like I can be able to drive out and drive back and show a house and or list a property in a couple hours, you know? So to me... The local growth is more important to me right now, which I was just wondering how you guys do it. Like, is it more, um, there's no right or wrong. I just was curious how you guys, what you focus on. I do use most of the same hashtags. Yes. I just don't try to venture off, off topic. Okay. Um, it's funny you said that though. Like we just met formally in person today and I know the local matters is your hashtag. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather see that. I'd rather have you see proof of the PR and you're like, that's chalk barbell. Yeah. And I think it, it's a, uh, it's part of branding, you know, and, and, um, Actually, question for you. Do you know what our shirts look like? I do. Okay. So, so perfect. So, I'll give you one before you leave here. So, <laughs> but um, it's, it's the idea that, like, I, I try to brand the same stuff over and over again. So, people that don't know me personally can be like, dude, I know that guy or yes. I've seen that guy. And I've had, you know, it's kind of funny when you like walk around town and you go, you know, you might go to a restaurant, it might go to like check, check out someplace and it'll be like, oh, yeah, aren't you so and so? I'm like, yeah. And like, you don't think of it because you just do it every day and just like becomes a, you know, second nature, but it's kind of cool when people see it that don't know you and then know you because of it. And it's, you know, you know, it's working at that point. Okay, yeah. perfect. Okay. That's, that's what I wanted. That's why I put all the work into it. So, um, now I kind of want to, I want to talk about, cause obviously this is a big part of your life now, but kind of tell us about your injury and how you, you know, got to become, you know, in a wheelchair and that whole process, you know, kind of, I guess, good, bad, ugly, positives, anything, you know, kind of, how is it? changed your life um it put my head on my shoulders for mm -hmm. for sure um so i broke my spine back in 2014 so this year will be seven years um it's so you a, were college right uh i had i was I had, I had one year of college down yep i okay. was i was 18 um, okay it definitely gave me a whole new perspective and appreciation um I live my life one day at a time, you know, tomorrow could be your last kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it allowed me to do things that I guess I wouldn't have tried before. It allows you to step out of your boundary a little bit. Um, you know, I guess a perfect example is my first, I, I was always, you know, like, uh, high honors and stuff in high school. And then I got to college and my first year was, you know, just the college life. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't super high. You majored in other stuff minus the what you're supposed to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I got I got injured that first year, and I came back, and I, I guess buckled down. Um, you know, I made dean's list most most semesters after that, and it I guess it opened my eyes. Um, and like I was trying to say before, I kind of want to, and this is uh, this is actually a brand new idea. I kind of want to brand Chuck Barbell into a little bit more of a motivational thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to revolve it around my injury, and I don't want people to associate Chuck Barbell with that. But I also want to let people know there's a lot of people out there that don't think they can or know they can do something. So, so, and it was um, 
So motocross accident? Yes. So were you racing? Was it like I was practicing on a local track? So were you racing? A, I mean, were you practicing to race? Like you were you you yes. went and traveled and raced in different yep. competitions or races? Yep. Um, and you've been doing that since a kid? Oh uh, no, actually, mid-teens. Oh, so it was, only, it was a pretty new venture. Yep. Um, now, I mean, can you still do anything with motocross? Um, I actually just sold my bike a couple of years ago. Yeah, PVC. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. Bill built Kayla. my bike. Yep. Mm-hmm. They built my bike to be like Doug Henry's. Um, he's a professional. It's got like a roll bar on it and hand shifter and everything. Okay. And, um, I don't want to blame it on time or anything, but I just... So you were able to to kind of get back onto like the track. Yeah. Yep. Okay. How was that getting back into it? Were the injury like, you know, I kind of get it. Like, do you get, obviously it's like getting back on the saddle kind of thing. How was that? Um, it was awesome. It, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't fear much. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody's first, um, statement was, you know, how could you do that? But it, to me, it was just still natural, um, to get back into it. Yeah. It was extremely hard and it was a whole different world. And I, can honestly say it definitely wasn't the same you know if you're like me i kind of go hard in everything i do so to go out and putter around the track wasn't really my cup of tea but so you went um, back in and just tore it up right from the start well best you could best i could yeah yeah, yeah that's but you weren't just going out to just kind of like just kind of pace your way around the yeah it's not for me <laughs> uh so when you had the accident i mean how does how does so I, again i'm saying this because i obviously you know i don't know but it's like if you you know, you go from f- functioning. It's just your legs, right? That was that. There's issues. I mean, your upper body's fine. Yeah, I'm actually right before, below my pecs. So. Really? Okay, so yeah. core and everything. Yeah, which actually nobody knows. But okay, well, that's that's all right. You're okay with that? <laughs> no, I'm open to anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so if you have, um, so you go from fully functioning to then all of a sudden now, like you said, it's upper torso, arms, um. I mean, what was the learning curve like? I mean, obviously, there's a mental aspect to it, too. It's kind of like, wow, I can't, you know, I can't use certain things. And now I have to, like, rely on hands and rely on, I mean, just how is that, like, from a mindset thing? Is that? Um, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat my experience because everybody's different. Um, I took it a lot better than most people thought I would. Um, I kind of woke up in ICU in Burlington, and I was like, wow, I still have my arms, and I still have my upper body and my head's still there. And, um, I took that as a blessing and, uh, I, I never really looked back, I guess I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I have days where, you know, stuff's hard and I had to relearn everything. You know, I couldn't even get in a chair when I was in, Bo- uh, when I was in Vermont. Um, but, uh, um, uh, I guess the learning experience for me was, was beneficial. It, it proved to me things I, never thought I could do and I'm I'm trying to prove to I guess other people maybe things that they don't think they can do it's also like you said kind of put your mind to it kind yeah of test yourself and say okay I can overcome this or whatever like I said now it's like hey here's the new norm and boom I'm gonna crush it it's I 100% mind over body yeah I mean it's it's all in your head I mean at, at the end of the day like I said I, I you know physical physical like it's great to be physical like have your physicality but like the mental stuff is it like you see when you people get older and they lose their mental capacity like do I, I will lose all functionality before i want to lose my mental yes you know what i mean because then if you just go to the point where you're just like you're oblivious to what's going on but you can walk and do stuff but it's if you can't communicate with people i'd much rather sit in a chair and have a conversation than be able to run a, you know run around and not be able to like converse with people exactly so, yeah um so how is being in um 
you know, being in a wheelchair, but going to the gym, how does, how does that, how's your training? Like, how's your regimen? What's your day to day like? When, um, cause again, you're using a lot of the same muscle groups, right? I do. Yeah. I, I probably, I'm not going to lie. I probably work out my arms more than I should. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's why I said I had to force myself to take days off. Um, but I do have, uh, I do have a regimen, regimen I'm on most mornings. Um, I don't overdo anything and it's I it's funny actually I didn't really get into weightlifting until my accident I was okay so that was a way to kind of or that was a way probably to strengthen to make you know like you said to to make sure you're you're physically able to do the stuff you need to do yes um so what's like a normal give us a normal week at the gym um give us Monday through Monday through Friday or Saturday Sunday kind of deal yeah I usually take Wednesday off to give it a day in the middle of the week um I do I I don't focus a lot on my shoulders just because rotator cuffs is an issue with paraplegia okay um but uh you know like biceps and back i do mondays and thursdays and then um i focus a little bit more on triceps and forearms you know tuesdays and fridays and can you do any benching or or dipping yes so planet fitness has the smith machines yeah so i don't i don't really use those um before actually before this year i was going to eclipse every morning with my brother cameron um we were doing a lot of benching there and you're um, still but that's fine yep yeah their bench is a little bit bigger and i just gotta strap myself but i found a way and i got one at home so i still try and keep up with it but pull-ups obviously that's yeah ma- pull-ups in my chair yeah how's doing pull oh, how much your chair weigh uh it's probably like 25 pounds oh so it's, it's yeah you're that's you're pulling yeah i mean it's uh yeah when you start adding weight when you get up to like I'd say in the twenties to thirty pounds. I mean, you're pulling some weight, at least for me. I like when I used to do it. But like I said, I'm sure there's guys that like throw fifty, sixty pounds on. There were no no issue at all. Yes. But it's uh, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm not the strongest guy, so I'm looking at. I'm like, it sounds good to me. But um, so how did going like gym wise? Like, um, have you found that it's easy? You found that like it was you know um, the gym set up easily for someone in a wheelchair or adaptive athletes? Or do you have to do a lot of modifications with equipment or space? Uh, it honestly depends on the type of person. If you can, you know, obviously when I first got my accident, uh, transferring wasn't the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can transfer, I, I would say it's, I mean, gyms are not extremely accessible unless you want to go in and do free weights. Um, but if you can transfer in your mobile, it's, I look like, you know, a lot of people don't think I'm in a chair sitting on a machine. It looks just completely normal. So Oh, so you do? You will use the machines then? I use machines more than anything. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Probably yep. just because of the stability aspect. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, do you have a crew that you work out with each morning? I don't know. So you go in solo. Yeah. Really? Okay. And yep. that, that's that you're motivated to get up and do that. Yeah. I think that's one of the toughest things for people. It's like when they got the accountability buddy kind of deal, they'll go in and crush it. And like then some people are just like, dude, it's just I got to get up and like I can't hit the snooze button. What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, four. Four. So yeah. you're you're up. Where do you live? Like Dannemora. That's not oh, it's a twenty-five minute yeah. drive. So you just like get up early, kind of have a little morning routine, and then head out. Yep. Okay. Because um, I know some people just like roll out of bed. Like you said, five thirty. Like, I'm up at five, rolling out, leaving the leaving at like five oh five, rolling in, no, rolling in on you know dusting in here. <laughs> um. So what time do you go to bed? Uh, like nine nine thirty. That's not too bad. No. I probably don't get, I mean, they say eight hours of sleep a night. I'd probably get like six, but. Oh, um, yeah, I'm right with you. It's like eight hours. Like, I, I got to force myself to go. And the last time I did eight hours um, all the way 
there's someone roller rollerblading roller skating roller skating is the one with the two wheels on the side they're, they're roller skating and outside the window this is kind of the good thing about having a window like where we do the podcast it's kind of like creep on people it's a wicked view it's a great view but that person looked like they were going down about a few times so i just hope they got they didn't have a helmet on either so we're helmet folks but um so um yeah the eight hour thing the last time i had eight hours of sleep i was in a hotel room so nobody was like it was just me and i could just crash i, I sleep so well in hotels i think because i'm exhausted and there's nobody that has to like interrupt me it's funny because every if you follow like gym goers or motivational speakers it's you know, you need your eight hours of sleep at night, yeah. but it's, sometimes it's impossible. I remember for the longest time, now part of this too, when you're working out, you need to sleep more anyways, because yeah. you just, your body's like, your body needs to recover. Your body's just smoked. Like it's just, you know, it's so important to get sleep. It really is like sleep, hydration and like mobility, like stuff people don't think about. Um, cause everybody thinks like working out this guy right here, like he is like, not very i wish we had a video of this i'm just hoping this guy doesn't go down because he's not very stable knee pads would help oh dear god it just doesn't it look awkward yeah, a little bit it looks like he's going down remember like remember uh, big daddy even throws a stick down yeah Knocks the, like the little kid just throws the stick down and there's a stick there uh, i saw it the other day I, I love that movie as a kid but um yeah the eight, the eight hour thing i think if you I remember originally when I was working out a lot, like nine hours was like, I felt like I could go through a brick wall. Eight hours was like, I feel great. I feel good. I'm like, I'm rested. I'm ready to go. Seven hours, I'm like, you know what? I'm functioning. I'm okay. Once I got down to six, I was a zombie. Now I would say those numbers have gone down about two hours. Yeah. So typically like my functioning is six hours. Seven hours, I'm like, I feel great. And then you start dipping in that six to five hours. I'm like, like six, I'm like, I can wake up the next day. I can function. Like I'm not gonna be thriving, but I'll I'll be up. And um, it, it's when you do get sleep, though, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people. As as long as I can pull myself out of bed once I'm up, I'm good. So you want you're not a snoozer then? No. Uh, you said a, get up at four, so you can go to the gym at five thirty. So you could hit this. Well, no, I set one for three. Set one for three every morning. You set it for three, and then you snooze till four. Yeah. Is just that? just once though. So the, the snooze will last a whole hour, and yeah. then it'll go off again. Yes. Why do you have a three o'clock snooze or that, three o'clock alarm? I guess that's just how I saw it. Just like know. a tease. Just you be like, listen, hour so. does it feel like you're getting it? Like you're getting something back? Like, oh, I'm not, I actually don't have to get up yet. Can I rest? Yes. See, I always wonder if that's better or worse. Part of me, I've heard like, well, no, you just put it. So you get up at that time. You get that all that sleep, but I'm kind of the same. I'll be like, I usually set four 30 and I usually get up at five. So it's like a half hour. And I'll, I'll so for some reason you have an iPhone. No, I don't know. So I hit the, I, like when you hit the iPhone snooze, for some reason, it's probably a setting. It goes off nine minutes later. I don't know why. Yes. Um, so I hit it about three times before I actually have to get up. So I probably will get up like five oh whatever, three or four, whatever that number ends up being. It's the oddest thing, but it's like, I just, I'm like, I don't know why I just don't set it at five. I know I'm getting up at five, just put it at five. But instead it's like 4.30 and I just like play that game. And it's like, why do I do that? Yeah. I don't know many people that don't do that actually. Mm. I know the people like, uh, you know, have you followed Jocko Willink? No. So Jocko Willink, you should follow his page. He's, he's, he's an ex, um, like dichotomy. I got a few of his books, Dichotomy of Leadership. He's, he's, uh. He's like, I would say like a motivational speaker now, but he was the guy, he was um, a Navy SEAL, instructor for the Navy SEALs, Iraqi war. You look at this guy, he's like the epitome of just like meathead, jarhead, whatever, like military dude. Um, he's 
I would say he's probably like early 50s right now if I had to guess. Shaved head, just like really like looks like a mean dude. Nice guy. Um, but when he talks, he has like this very deep voice. And his thing is every morning he's up at 430. And he takes a picture and posts it to Instagram every morning at 430. Like I have never seen him miss a day. <laughs> and he'll be like... <laughs> It might be like 4.32, whatever it is. Like he gets up, goes to the bathroom, whatever, and he'll, take, he'll literally take a black and white photo of his watch every day and his like, his like quote will be like, get some, or be like, like into the fire. Like it was like all these like, just like very quick motivation, like all cap, like quotes every single day. And then he'll post like an hour and a half, two hours later, a black and white photo of like him working, like not him working out, like the equipment or like sweat on the ground. But got it. Or something like that. Like that's every single day. So you got to look this guy up. He's he's a talk about like a motivational guy. He's he's like he does a lot of uh, business stuff now. Like with like leadership, like taking the military idea and like how you can lead in business. So he's kind of like found this like niche for him. But he has a podcast. But he's also just like this hard, like straight up. Like why do you work out so hard? He like basically because he's like. In just in case he has to like go to war again, like it's just one of those dudes. He's like, just so I'm always prepared. I'm like, what? dude, like, you live in SoCal, like SoCal. You're like, you're done. You're you're out of the military. He's literally one of those guys. Like, if like shit hits the fan and like we all have to go, like, like a, like apocalypse, and I got to run back out into the field. Like I'm ready to go. We're all going to his house. Yeah, like I I, I would because he's like jujitsu, like this like just straight up military guy. Like, do you like books? like military books. Like he just reads all these books about ex-military, like the generals, like Patton and like Eisenhower and all these guys. And it's, it's a, uh, he's pretty funny. Like, I mean, not, he's not, he's very serious, but it's just like four thirty every day. No snooze. Like just up. That's impressive. And he'll be like, he's like late night, one o'clock, four thirty. He's up. Like, oh, gets wow. up four. Th- usually, I mean, he'll go to bed whenever, but he's always up four thirty. Like stays up to midnight, four thirty. goes to bed at 10, four thirty. Like he just, that's just his thing. He's like, I just always and like, what happens if you're tired? He goes, I just nap later in the day, but I get up at four thirty because it's just like his thing. It's like you got to. I'm like, there's something to it. It's a consistency, you know. It's 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 a it's a habit. I mean, it it's tough though. It is. It, it's extremely tough to fall into a routine, but I, in my opinion, or in my um, like my life, it was easy. Once you fell into that routine, it's addicting and it's it comes natural almost. So what what like what 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 routines do you have in your life that you stick to? What's um, a couple things you do every day without fail? Man, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, waking up and going to the gym. Yeah, I try to every day. Like I said, I gotta force myself to take a day off. Um, and it could be anything, like anything that you're like, dude. That every day I do this, no matter what. And I'm not talking like take a piss, but I'm talking like just like things that like the normal person may not do. I've never asked anybody this on the podcast, so you're kind of like the guinea pig. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. Like, there's some things I do every day for work. I check certain things every day. There's certain things like I grind coffee almost every night before my kids go to bed, so I don't wake them up the next morning. And then like make coffee first thing in the morning, and then get in the shower. Like that's my like morning routine. I mean, I have this. I definitely have the same morning routine. Do you have like the same food, same meals? Uh, You creature of habit when it comes to meals. For the most part, I'm. We do meal prep. You know, breakfast and lunch, and um, I just don't. I'm not a consistent guy. I can't stick with the same thing weeks after weeks. So you like variety in food? Yeah, like I'll do the same thing for a week, but after that, it's like Uh, I'm, I'm on a yogurt and fruit thing every morning. 
right now and it's been a couple of weeks so i'm kind of yogurt and for okay like greek yogurt yep okay a little protein yep a little, a little heavier where they got some casein does it have casein in that what is it like yogurt like you got whey which is part of dairy i wonder yep. what the greek comes from because it has more protein in it than yeah. typical yogurt yeah for me it's a triple zero one zero zero calories you're like a very berry guy uh no it's just plain and then i just put blueberries in it you like blueberries yeah I've kind of so, ventured away from the, I used to be like a protein shake after the gym every morning. Mm-hmm. Instead, I just eat some, I try and eat some breakfast with uh, with protein in it after the gym. Um, do you follow a pretty strict diet? I'm definitely not going to lie. I try to. Mm-hmm. Weekends kill me. Weekends? Yeah. Is it like food? Is it drinking? Is it like? Uh, no, Lack it's, of prep. it's food or going out to eat. going out. Yeah. It's definitely food. Um, like this weekend we were in Albany for a car show and it's, you know, you don't meal prep when you're away. Yeah. So, so you eat three meals out a day and snacks and everything. Yeah. Else. And you know, there's an Arby's down there and it's the closest one. So you gotta, do you like Arby's? <laughs> I do. I've heard a few people like, I've never had an Arby's. I just know some people are like crazy for Arby's. It's pretty good. You don't, have you been to Chick-fil-A? Yes. I remember like people were going crazy over Chick-fil-A. I've been three times. I don't like it. I maybe I get the wrong stuff. It's just not for me. I really have um in the last year I think I've eaten fast food. I can count it on my finger. And I gave up soda in the last year, so those were a couple of the hardest things I've ever done. So I am strict. Really? You were a soda guy? I was a yeah. What kind of soda? Mountain Dew. Regular or diet? Regular. Okay. I, I at least va- like the people that say they give up soda and just drink diet, and I'm like, get out of here. Like diet diet soda is not any better than regular soda. No, it's so like I, so. I cut that out a year ago, and that I will hundred percent say that was the hardest thing. So you've drank Mountain Dew every day. Um, I wouldn't say I drink it every day. I drank it quite a bit, like in a week. How many how many Mountain Dew bottles you having? I would seven eight. Really? Yeah. So some twice a day. Yeah. And if you go to like a fast food place, you were like you were getting the Mountain Dew on draft. Yeah, on draft on tap. Whatever they call it. fountain, <laughs> fountain. I guess on draft, a draft of Mountain Dew. So you get it right from the fountain. Yeah. Really? What made you give it up? Uh, I don't know. I just like you knew it was bad and you had to cut it. Yeah, I mean, I will definitely give credit to my girlfriend. Between, Told you to clean it up. But well, between cooking and getting me out of that funk, yeah. Um, so she doesn't drink soda. No, that's good. Yeah, so I mean, I say that as I'm like drinking a seltzer or whatever this is, peach pear seltzer. Um, it's four percent alcohol. It's like it doesn't even really taste that like strong. Um, but the yes, I don't drink. I think the last time I had soda it was just like it would be a mixed drink with something. Yeah. I haven't drank soda in years, probably well over a decade, probably since high school. I don't know. It just it, I just gave it up really early. I drink a ton of coffee. Yeah, see, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Really? No. Have you tried it? I tried it once. Oh, we got to reel you to the dark side here. No, I can't. I can't do coffee. I do pre. I didn't for a while, but now I do pre-workout every morning, and that's enough caffeine for me. I stopped Elevate Five One Eight today and got one of the teas. So, one of the what? What teas? The the uh, lit teas. They put like pre-workout. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's pre-workout, but it's along the same. This concept. was before you worked out. Uh, no, this was the afternoon. <laughs> Just like a pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, do you need pre workout to function for no. working out? No, it helps a lot. 
Okay. I, I'm definitely more sluggish if I don't have it. I think I've... I can probably count the months I've been on pre-workout in my life. It's it's very... Probably two months, maybe three months. It was always one, like, every once in a while I would do it. Or if I was, like, in a really big, like, strength cycle, I might use it, like, on those days where you know you have to, like, lift heavy and you're just like, ugh, I just don't feel like it. And it kind of almost, like, jolts you a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm not as... I know some people that take it every day. Like, they have to take it before they work out. But, I like, I never wanted to get to that reliant phase. Like, I wanted to just be able to, like, go in and work out and not have to... Like, if I'm feeling sluggish, I'll take it. But it wasn't one where I wanted it every day where, like, I physically couldn't work out unless I, like, took the scoop. I always wanted to be like that, too, and I always used to. But now it's... I, I, my body doesn't need it, but I say I need it. I'm like, yeah, I need this <laughs> If you today. drink coffee, it'd be good. Um, wait, why have you tried coffee? Ah... Uh, I guess I can't afford to sell my growth. <laughs> this, I, well, my, I was going to say, my growth went years ago. I, I've been, uh, man, I've been about the same height for probably 12, 13, 14 years. Most people I'm don't short. believe me, but I'm 6'3". How tall are you? I'm 6'3". Really? Yeah. You, yeah, you, you do look long. Yep. Yeah. I was, you're much, I'm 5'7". I'm like, I'm, I, uh, like I said, basketball was not my strong suit, but, you know, whatever. It's all good. Um, so when it comes down to... I, I guess like working out and stuff with like the diet aspect. Like, what do you focus on? Obviously, working out, diet. Do you focus on hydration? Do you focus on sleep? Do you focus on stretching? Do you like you said you use a lot of repeat um, muscles? Do you do you do stretching a lot with arms or backs or anything like that? Oh, I do stretch. Yep. Yeah. Um, I will definitely say that dieting is the hardest part of working out, in yeah. my opinion. Um, during the week, I'm not bad. It's it's pretty good. I'm on a regimen. Um, but, uh, and it's I, a damn weekend. Yeah. It's a weekend. <laughs> um, so do you like cheat meals? Uh, are you a cheat meal guy? I guess I have a cheat weekend. Cheat weekend. <laughs> See that. So I remember I was kind of like you, I was very good right now. I just like, don't eat well at all. Like not like I eat bad food. I just don't eat enough food. I just like, it's just, I don't track it. I just like kind of whatever. But, um, when I was working out a lot, I would, eat very good Monday through f- let's call it Monday through f- four o'clock on Friday. Yeah. And you're like Friday night, give or take could be great. Could be bad. Typically all day Saturday, typically very good. Most of the day Sunday, but it's like, like Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, one, the two of those days were gonna be a, tr- I would say a train wreck, but I definitely wasn't watching what I was eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would try to, but it wasn't great. Um, or you have a drink or something. I remember the time, I wanted to like listen. I got like I'm gonna watch what I eat. I went about three, definitely two months, maybe three months. Monday through uh, Sunday, like counting macros on like uh, like boom, 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 boom. Tracked everything. Not like no. I mean, I had a like I eyeballed a lot. I mean, I weighed everything, but like you kind of knew what you're eating. It wasn't like I wasn't like psycho guy. Like if I went to like out to eat, I kind of ballparked it. But I was really conscious of what I was eating and tried to stay away from crap and like. The difference it made by doing that versus not staying consistent over the weekend was night and day. I was a totally different person. Like, eating is one of the biggest aspects of, I mean, dieting is the biggest aspect of working out. It's just, it's, well, you got to think like working out, once you're there and you're working out, like whether you had a PR that day or even just go up to 80%, like I would think the difference is fairly marginal. At the end of the day, you're still going in and doing, like I said, majority of the working out. You're getting majority of the benefit. Yeah. Um, I think the the lack of like PRing is more of a mental negative than a physical because you're still 
putting a lot of stress on your body and the adaptation. Um, but then it's like, okay, if I'm in the gym for an hour, hour and a half or whatever, then you get the rest of the time. It's like, dude, drinking, like hydration, sleeping, eating, like that makes up the rest of your day. The gym's only a small portion, but yeah. I mean, a lot of it's like getting people to go to the gym, but then it's all the extra stuff. It's like the gym's great, but you gotta, you gotta know it's like all the eating by far nutrition's number one. Yes. Like that is the absolute base of any success when it comes to fitness. Um, What's the funniest gym story you have? Do you have like any good gym stories? Um, I mean, when we, me and Cameron went to Eclipse for a year, our morning routine was was him pulling me up two flights of stairs. <laughs> pulling you up? Yeah. There was no elevators. Uh, I think they have one in the hotel, but I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. There must be one in the lobby, but no. it probably doesn't lead to the gym. It goes downstairs. So, I think I've been in the, I had to stop into the lobby one time of Eclipse to drop something off to somebody. And that's the only time, I've never actually been in Eclipse. So, how is Eclipse set up? Um, You walk down, you obviously get the lobby from the parking lot facing Consumer Square. Yep. They've changed a lot since I've been going. I I started at Planet Fitness in January. Um, But there, they have a hole downstairs with mostly um running equipment that's the main level when you first walk in no so there's oh so you can go up and down yes gotcha the down has a little one of those little box in elevators the open box elevators um and then the upstairs is where all the free weights and uh arm machines are so basically what i did to get you in here he did up two flights of stairs two full flights of stairs yeah he's way stronger than me then so he'd do arm day and then arm day (laughs) (laughs) um is your brother younger? He's my twin. Really? Yeah, so I'm a minute older. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Um you guys the only siblings in the you got brothers, sisters? I have two older brothers. So there's four brothers? Yep. Um man, so okay, so I have I have kids, but I couldn't imagine my third kid also being four like twins. Yeah. We were brutal. Yeah, I was gonna say you go from two to like, hey, we're having three. Like, oh no, we're having four. Like that was always our fear when we were trying to have th- our third kid. We're like, what happens if they're twins? Because my grandmother was a twin, and her, I think her like aunt or something was a twin. So like, we have no twins in our family besides that. I'm like, this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna wait to our last kid, and they're gonna be a twin. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like well, now we got four, and we're just we're completely done at that point. So how was it like growing up with a with a twin brother? Ah, uh, I mean it's it's. Exactly as you see on TV or in the news somewhere, you fight until your best friends at 16. Um, are you guys uh, identical? We're fraternal, but we we definitely uh, had to paint a toenail when we were kids. Really? So you guys? So like, if I saw him now, you you guys would look different. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. easily tell you guys apart. Yeah. Would I know you guys are twins? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I've had Cameron used to work at Tail Rental in Vermont, and I've had people ask me if that's my brother and. Twin Me brother, too. yeah. You're one year younger brother, mm-hmm. yeah. Or one year, one mu- one, one minute, one, one minute, one, yeah. one minute. Um, is there is it true that you you guys have like a weird connection where you like, is that like with you know stuff that's like you guys feel the same thing or have some weird reaction because you guys were so close, I guess, like in the womb kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I could probably think of some instances, but nothing but that sticks out. Like, no. oh, we always have the same like kind of look at each other and be like, I was thinking what you were thinking. I mean, we have the same exact sense of humor, but other than that. <laughs> so, what's your, well, actually, what's your favorite comedy movie? Uh, 
What's the movie you've seen the most? Man, that's a tough question. Number one movie I've seen more than any other movie, I believe, is Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I mean, Adam Sandler's great. Adam Sandler was like my jam growing up. <laughs> By far. Like I said, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Big Daddy. Yeah. That was on the other day. Like Billy Madison, Big Daddy. Anger Management was a very... Um, like a very good one, like a under the radar good Adam Sandler movie. That was hit or miss for me. That was actually the only movie I've ever seen in theaters twice in one day. Really? I can't say I've done that. Well, <laughs> I usually wasn't going to, and I, what happened was I still remember this. I went with a buddy, a couple friends, like midday, like a matinee. Came home, my mom was gone. It was just me and my dad, and I had two younger sisters, so I don't know where they were. So it was just me and my dad, and I remember him being like, "You want to go to the movies?" I'm like, well, I just went, but yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, actually, the movie saw was really funny. He goes, want to see it again? And I'm like, because my dad's kind of like, he was like me. He's like, just a stupid, we just want to go laugh at something stupid. So I went and saw it twice. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Jack Nicholson. Have you, you've seen it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's, I think his best movie, Happy Gilmore by far is my favorite movie of Adam Sandler. The most iconic, the most quotes by far is Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I guess I could agree there. Billy Madison's good. Billy Madison's really funny. But I don't know if it has more. I mean, if you say Happy Gilmore quotes, everybody knows it's from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that is true. Have you golfed before? I used to golf in high school, yeah. Were you good? Uh, I was two strokes off states my senior year. Really? Yeah. Yes, you were good. Oh, uh, it wasn't bad. What, what, was your, uh, like, what was your scoring average back then? Like around 40 maybe? High 30s? Uh, yeah, when I was in my prime, I guess 40. Yeah, ballpark. I Dude, I'm trying to get back into it. I was just saying today, like, that's the, pretty much my best, that's my best score of the year. I got to get back. I used to be good, and now I'm just like, I'm, I'm finding my way back kind of deal. <laughs> it's tough, dude. Like, it, like, you lose it, you don't do it for a while, and you try to get it back, and it's like, God, I used to be okay at this sport, and now it's just like, punches me in the face. That's a hard game, I feel like, if you, if you even give it a little bit of time off, you're coming back rusty. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, there's so much technicality to it that, like, angles and, like, speed and syncing up stuff and just, like, then not to count the weather and the lie and the club yeah. and the ball. And it's, like, there's so much science to it. I'm, like, dude, I, I, I'm just so bad. Like, I, I, the guys that are good at it are incredible. Yeah. Like, out of all the sports. Like, like take uh, motocross. Did you go watch a lot of motocross, like, live stuff? Um, I used to go to, like, the Unadil Pro National every year and... Like when, and I, I, cause I just have no clue and I have no concept. You as like you racing around, Heath used to race bikes too, right? Yep. So taking you guys kind of like having fun, what would you deem on the local scene you guys were? Were you guys like kind of average? Were you above average? Were you like, cause were you like really into it and you thought you could like hold your own? Uh, I mean, we were both really into it. Heath was, Heath got into a lot earlier than I did and maybe he even got me into it. We used to have a. Little compound set up at his house. But. Oh, nice. So, so taking you guys versus the guys you watch pros, like, what's the difference? What makes a pro a pro with how they ride? Because the, the reason I'm asking is because it's a dirt bike, like, right? Yeah. So it's uh, a bike. Do I mean the bike's going? But like, is there a lot of technique? Is there certain like they have just better equipment, better engines, better you know? I mean, they do have better equipment, but it's extreme technique. Um, so if you were to go on that same bike, like, what would be the differing factor between them and you? 
man, you got to have no fear to, uh, to race motocross. So those guys just like where, where you might go 40 and feel like kind of on the edge, they're going 65 and don't care. Yeah, it's wide open throttle. So they just built up that, that tolerance to just like, like you said, just like fly and go do whatever. Yeah, that and uh, it is a ton of training. I mean, you'll see like 99% of them hammer road bikes. What's that? Oh, like all summer they'll be on their, their, one of their biggest like, ro- like riding road bikes, pedaling road bikes. Yeah. Okay. Is that just to stay in shape? Yeah. Um, I actually, and I don't know if this is true either cause I wasn't a big NASCAR guy, but a lot of the NASCAR guys work out a lot. Yeah. Which I thought it's crazy cause you're sitting in the car, but then you think about like the speed at which you're going and the force at which you're going for the hours that you're going, like the, you know, the time cause you're in the car for like what, four hours, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like motocross one of the biggest things that people don't think about until they actually get on it is arm pump your forearm that oh, just you're holding it yeah it rips your forearms apart yeah so was that was that one of the hardest things getting into it um or the biggest like adaptation you had to have when you were riding yeah i guess because it's it's the difference between going two laps and 10 endurance is, was was super key what about jumps again it's a fear thing i mean there's a lot of technique involved mm-hmm. um but it's like, were you able to just go and just rip over a jump and without, a, eventually without fear? I, I was, yeah. I don't, I don't really live by a lot of fear. So you were just, you were just like, you were the kind of the crazy guy that would just like, you would hit the big jump and not yeah. think twice. Yeah. Um, how about landing? How's the landing aspect? Because there's obviously some shocks and you know. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, it obviously depends on what what you're on, but it's it is all technique. Yeah. Do you typically land? How how would you land on a dirt bike when you jump you would land off the seat right you kind of or would you you wouldn't be sitting on the seat right you're not like sitting like this you're like kind of up more athletic land and then kind of crash down on the seat yeah so like when you're actually when you actually land your yeah you'd land almost in like a, a semi like crouched or standing position yes exactly and then just kind of absorb the the bike would absorb the like you would come down onto it yeah so what's the biggest jump you hit um, or I guess air. Mar- Let's say air above. In a layman term, like were you fifteen feet in the air, ten feet in the air, five feet, thirty feet? Um, I don't know, probably twenty, twenty-five feet. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that was jump to jump. Yeah. And that like didn't freak you out. No. Like when you go off that jump and you're like flying it. What's the distance between one side to the other? Um, I mean it depends where you go. There's a hundred foot jumps in some, some. Places. Like distance was hundred yeah. feet. Yeah. And you could you could clear that with on a normal like how fast would you have to go typically to clear that? Um, I never hit one that big. Paradox has a pretty big one, um, a, a local track down outside Granville. Um, I mean you're fourth gear tapped, so probably fifty miles an hour. Really? Yeah. You just and that is that what most of the pros go at? Are they about fifty sixty? No, they're faster than that. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that's when they're doing the dirt tracks in the stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, it all looks it looks pretty crunch, but when you're on a bike and you're going, it's plus those bikes get up to speed a lot faster. The other thing too is when you're when you're flying over those hills and you got ten of the guys doing the same thing, the margin for like air on on like a fall is not great. Yeah, like but you, I but I guess you can get it's one of those things where you know when you're a kid you learn to walk, mm-hmm. when you're on a bike you learn to jump. So when you're not really thinking about it when you're in the air, just reactions. Yeah. You, you know you know what to do. It's kind of like skiing. When you see these kids go down the mountain, just dive off, like just go bombing down the hill, and they fly off these jumps. I was going up the, the chairlift, and these three kids come down. They're probably college age. 
and I can get I can get down a mountain. That's what I tell people. I'm like, I can get down. That's about it. I'm not gonna go fast. I'm not gonna be like this like daredevil. I'm just gonna I want to get down without getting hurt. That's and you know move on with my day. These kids go flying down, and one after other, there's three of them. They all went and hit the same jump. They probably I don't know how high they were in the air. Probably 20, 30 feet, something like that. Because they came obviously you're coming down this hill. And you're going off the hill, but the hill is still going down, and you're now going up in the air. And they come down, they all landed without a hitch. They just landed and kept skiing like nothing, like they were just on flat ground the whole time. And I'm looking, I'm like, holy crap! Like I'm, like I'll never do that, nor do I want to. But I'm just like, it's just crazy. The kids that like no fear on these kids, just they all just went boom, 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 hit like nothing ever happened. Yeah, so snowboarding actually bigger than motocross was my life. Really? Yeah. So skiing or just snowboarding? Snowboarding. Were you doing jumps like that too? Yep, I had a season pass since I was like four or five. Is it Whiteface? Yep. So when you go down like the train park, you could hit all those jumps without a problem? That's where I lived. The woods in the train park. <laughs> really? Oh, so you went in the glades? Yep. How's it glade on a snowboard? Um, it's not bad again after a while. It's Second nature? Yeah. I like glades. Just like I used to go to like the kids. Kids. What's it called? Uh, Kids, kids Den campus. or Bears Den, Kids Campus, yeah. yeah. And there's a couple that like the old, the old uh, dirt bike tracks, I think, or like uh, mountain biking or something. So they're all kind of got the banks already there. So you're like going down, and like there's a couple times I'm like you hit it, go a little fast. I'm like okay, I got to tone it down. I got like an inch of air on that one, you know. So, um, but yeah, not not a, I'm not a high flying kind of person. Like I said, I'm low, I'm low gravity, short guy. Um, that's why I'm trying to get into golf, not not uh, motocross racing. Um, so now. Job at Taylor Rental. What's sales manager like there? Um, like what's, what's your role at Taylor Rental? Because Taylor Rental's got a big, you know, they got a big deal going. I mean, it's, it's a big operation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I run the sales team over there. It's me and uh, Ross McAllister over there right now. You work with Ross yep. directly? Ross is an alumni at the Galen Trombley show. Yep. He, uh, so I asked him. I forgot what episode, but he's a good dude. I was talking to him today. He said he's been on your show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rossi. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah. So he started in October. Uh, me and him are in Plattsburgh, and then my oldest brother runs the Saranac Lake store. Okay. Um, so my day-to-day is I do the purchasing for sale, you know, all the heavy equipment, the tractors, um, you know, a lot more stuff like that. Um, we do our own advertising for the most part. Now we have somebody who runs the social media pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, like I was telling you before we went live here, we're selling out of everything we have. <laughs> is is that because selling out of everything you have because of supplies back or just because business is growing so quickly? Uh, both. It's definitely supply. I mean, uh, the production is so far behind on everything. So when you when you deal with sales, what, do you, what kind of sales are you dealing with at Tail Rental? Um, we're in, so we do all the heavy equipment. So we do like all the lawn and garden stuff and then the tractors and we do our own. It's not like a car dealership or anything. It's like we do our own financing. We do our own. So you guys sell equipment and rent equipment? Do both? Yeah. Uh, me, yeah. Me and Ross don't do anything in rentals. We have a separate department, but yes. Gotcha. Okay. So you're just purely purely the sales department. Yeah. Um, and then the rental department, there's obviously a ton of stuff there that they rent out. Yeah. Um, I think I got my moving truck from there. Does yep. that make Pen- sense? We're a Penske dealership. Penske. Too. Yep. That's yep. it. Um. And then um, Party Plus, do you do anything with Party Plus, or is it just more sales of the equipment? Uh, no, we don't do anything. Party is completely separate. Um, now, you guys are the ones on Route 3, right? Yeah, we took over the old party room. The It's like the extension. Where, where Party Plus used to yes. be. Yes. Okay, yep. where Steph and Anna used to work. Yep. And then they switched over. Well, then they moved the place onto Hammond. Yep, okay. that Fentex building. Yep. 
Yeah, and that's a big place too. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 they got a big operation there. Yeah, for sure. It's extremely. And big. I heard there's like how many employees there total right now? It's uh, over hundred. Right? Uh, don't call me. It's it's very close to hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know everybody that works there? Uh, I do. Yeah. Really? Okay. I was just checking because that's a, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, someone's like going back to high school and like trying to know all the kids you graduated with. Yeah. I mean, I'm got May was four years there, so I've been there quite a while. Um. In your wait, you're 26, 27? Yep, 26. Oh, so you started young, like you said, right out of college with the internship? Yep, so I did an internship my senior year, and then I started there right after I graduated. So there was no gap? No. So you, okay, so you've been there for a while. That's cool. Um, and I guess any, any plans, like I said, for Chalk Barbell in relation to Taylor Rental? You said you're not going to ever give up Chalk Barbell. This is just kind of a passion project that you want to keep doing? Yeah. I mean, even if we're going to obviously try and grow it, and that's the main goal. But even if it stays a side business, it's it, it'll always be there. And your brother on board part a little bit, and then your, yeah. girl, your girlfriend? Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, I was going to say, if you if you have like support of people, it's a good thing, too. If you're not just by yourself, you've yeah. got like, some people helping you out and like to bounce ideas off of. It's That's the one thing I found. If you have a good network of people, even if you... You know those times you like second guess yourself, but you just like run it off, like bounce it off ideas off of people, and like okay, because I got I got a crew of people. There's, like I said, I talk to most days, definitely in the week. I talk to these people, and it's like just to bounce ideas and get thoughts, and sometimes even just to vent, or sometimes even just to, you know, just to catch up. It's just nice to have like a crew of people be like okay, yeah, like almost like a backbone kind of thing. Um, so Colby, anything else you want to talk about? You want to plug anything, anything upcoming, anything you want people to check out, check out the store, online store. Yeah, as always. Like I said, I got to do some updates, but as always, check out the it's online It's chuckbarbell.com. Yep. Okay. And then um, anything, you said you have uh, women's leggings coming out? Yep. Those are on the rise right now. We have uh, we have a couple other things. We're... Uh, can't say yet, right? We can't, can't I, drop it. I can't it. drop it That's yet. all right. That's yeah. all right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it up. We'll wait for the big reveal. Um and uh, Instagram page, is it? What's your Instagram account? Uh, Chalk Barbell. Chalk Barbell? Yep. Just as it sounds? Yep. Chalk with an ED at the end. Um, well, I think that's it. Yeah. It was good formally meeting you. Yeah. I was, was going to say I've seen you and I've heard he's talked about you. And, uh, you know, to see your to see the page and kind of I've, I've seen you for a while and then to find out that you were the owners obviously about a year ago. But that's that's still pretty cool. Like I said, I'm glad you're carrying it on. He's done well with the garbage. I, I talk to Heath quite often about, about his... Uh, his garbage business, he, uh, yeah, no, he's done well there. Like I said, he's he's kind of one of those guy, guys. He puts his mind to it and yes. works hard. He'll he'll accomplish it. So, Definitely. which sounds like you're not too far off. You guys have had some good practice, I guess, knowing each other for what twenty years, twenty five years. Yeah, it's been twenty. Uh, you guys aren't sick of each other yet, so it's no. good. <laughs> no, I still talk to him about new ideas all the time. Yeah, he's a good guy to bounce ideas for sure. Um, all right, Kobe, I appreciate it. If you guys want to check him out again, chalkbarbell.com, Instagram at chalkbarbell. If you wanna purchase one of the uh, the original tees i got the black one the one he's wearing right now dope but if not we've got mint green right oh yeah we've got mint green for all you uh mint chocolate chip lovers out there so that's it episode 130 uh yeah 136 of the galen trombley show thanks for listening to the galen trombley show if you want to reach me you can go on facebook at galen trombley on instagram at galen trombley and on youtube at galen trombley the spelling g-a-e-l-a-n T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.